This is The Business We've Chosen, a podcast about art and business. As a former entrepreneur turned artist, I realized that being an artist is basically like running a small startup. And you, the artists, are the CEO. In this podcast, I interview successful artists, gallerists, collectors, and talk real numbers. Talk about their businesses, growth hacks, tools and tricks, and how they actually became successful. Hopefully teaching us all a trick or two. This is episode two, and I am Kaladni, your host. This week, we are interviewing Eddie Gangland, a street artist turned NFT superstar and someone at the forefront of the metaverse. I'm excited to get started, so let's jump right in. I'm going to ask you some just basic questions like, who are you, what's your name, and kind of what's your practice, and to get a little bit of sense of like your background and what has gotten you to up until now, so to speak. Sure, and I appreciate it. Um, my name is Eddie Gangland. So I was originally a uh, a rebellious street artist. I got really into wheat pasting and uh, and and tagging and things of that nature. I was based in San Francisco for the start of my artistic career. Um, I was always drawn to that sort of propaganda type look, um, that sort of uh, push against what sort of society was was making us all believe. Um, I always looked to kind of Shepard Fairey as, as one of the people that I wanted to mold my career after. Um, so fast forward, um, we find out that we are having a, a baby boy. Um, I'm in San Francisco. We decide that we want to move back to Miami, where I was born and raised, where we have a home here. Um, so we moved back to Miami. Um, I decided at that point in my life that I want to kind of take a small step away from the whole street art painting scene, at least during his first month or two. Um, so while I'm actually at the hospital, I'm on Clubhouse. I'm in these like NFTS tips rooms. I'm sort of figuring out what I can possibly do in my quote unquote downtime. And I fall obsessed with NFTs. Um, Quick question: Were you forward. making were you making a living as a street artist, or did you like have a regular job on the side? Yeah, no, I was I was doing the double job thing. I was the street artist who went out at nighttime at like nine, 9 10 p.m. with the homies to put up wheat paste. Um, but I had, I mean, jobs all through that way. I didn't uh, up until very recently. I was basically doing the side job. Um, to, to pay the, uh, the art passion. Okay. So you were, you were still, you were full, still side hustling the art, um, yeah. while you did all the street art. Yeah. I was uh, full time, basically in a, in a job while I was working, uh, doing the street art night times and, and in my free time. Yeah. Okay, cool. And so you've now moved back here, baby on the way, more responsibility, more, um, family life coming and you stumble into nfts and then the craziness begins so give us an update of kind of where that went and how you kind of came about um and and everybody i'm sure you're your is your um if everyone wants to look your instagram and your twitter are on uh linked in your clubhouse so um feel free to take a look but explain how you got to the skulls and what you did with nfts um and then we're going to move on from there Perfect. Yeah. Um, so my entrance actually into NFTs was kind of sloppy in the sense that um, I wasn't making it collection oriented. I was sort of just, I mean, I have, I've always been making the art that I just kind of wanted to make. 
So I came in just kind of shooting shots all over the map. I mean, to give to give you an example, one of the pieces that I minted and sold, one of my first pieces was a Charizard breathing fire inside of a Walmart. Um, and I can't even explain to you what the thought process was behind that. Um, but it was something that I wanted to make, I guess, at that moment. And um, it shows that kind of I, I came in very scatterbrained, very um, similar to, I guess, how a wheat paster was where I, I wanted to make my mark. I wanted to slowly sort of carve out a style, but I wasn't sure what exactly that style was. Um, and it wasn't until, honestly speaking, the Gangland Skull series where I think the whole thing clicked for me. Um, I, I finally felt like I had developed some sort of frame or or body of work where I was able to flex my, my, my skills within that sort of framing. Um, and it really allowed me to excel. Um, so I am super, super, super ADHD. Um, and I think it's, a, I think it's a superpower, um, if used correctly. And, uh, I, I, I call it a super, I have the same superpower. I, I am, I'm yeah. with you 100%. Yeah. And then you get it. So, but I think a, fr- a frame for people and then I'm not, and I'm not one to, to give advice as how you live your life, but I think framing when you have ADHD is very helpful just because it gives you some sort of plot where you can kind of start from every day. Um, and it's really helped me. So every day I've been dropping skulls and I've uh, very graciously and very fortunately for me, they've been selling. Um, and then I just keep making them. So we're, we're about to hit 300, um, and so so let, time, let's yeah. let's so I'm going to stop you occasionally just to sorry ask, I'm all like, over you, the place yeah. no it's quite all right like I well I and by the way you're you're you, every question and everything you tell gets like four more questions in my head I take notes and I'll, I'll try to get to most of them um just from a nuts and bolts perspective so one of the the, the ideas of this pod uh is to to kind of learn tricks from those who are successful in front of us, right? And to learn the things that that they did or that they stumbled upon or that they, you know, failed into, whatever those things are that, that help with that success and where those inflection points came from and what those interesting things are. So you, you kind of stumble into this idea of skulls, and which I think are super cool, by the way. Um, the And... At what point, like, how did you decide, did you decide a certain, you were going to do an X number? Did you decide you were going to do a drop like one a day or 20 a week? Like what, what was the mechanism or mechanisms? Like, what did you find worked best? And as this series is growing, like how, how is it developing? Yeah. So, um, and I guess this will be the biggest shout out to my wife. Um, it, it was it, it was really my wife who kind of stumbled me into the skulls in the sense that um, and you've got to really dig like if you're bored go back and back and back in my Instagram feed but this sort of skull theme was consistently appearing in my work and it was very abstract at first very kind of a lot of people called it Basquiatish um, but the, but the skull imagery was repeating time and time again in my work over the past few years. So it was actually my wife who was like, hey, why don't you just make skull? Like, I think she realizes how kind of all over the place I can be. So if she can focus my energy, it really helps me. Um, so she was like, why don't you just try? I, I did a skull and it sold really quickly. Um, and she was like, why don't you like make skulls? So I started making skulls. I mean, largely because of her. I feel like we, we balance each other very well. Um, I'm the artsy, fartsy, crazy one. And she's kind of the really, really... Uh, rooted one 
Um, but a lot of it was her. And then once I found that I was kind of really able to, to do well within this sort of frame of, of the skull, it, it allowed me to be, get super creative. Like I was able to recreate the skull in ways that it seems like other people may have not thought of. So then it, 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 it just, it was, it was perfect. It was, it was exactly, it was the error. It was, it was everything in one. It was just, that was the click. Now, did you, so the first one sells really quick. So now you start making more skulls. Did, were you, did you drop a group of them or you just put, as you made them, do you just put them up? Do you do like one a day or do you do like five a day? Like what's, what's your, um, what's your kind of practice and release process to, to create and make these? Yeah. So at first it was literally one skull. And then I think the following day, I think I made, uh, two or three skulls. And, and it was because, I mean, this was, this was, I was at home at this point. Um, basically I had the time off from my, my job at that moment. And I had full time basically to dedicate to art. So anywhere I basically had a few hours, three, four hours, I was making a skull. Um, then what happened was around, around skulls, maybe like 20 to 30. I can't, I can't tell you which one because I, I can't remember. I started realizing like, okay, well, maybe I should push myself. Maybe I have found this frame. Maybe I should push myself here. So I pushed the throttle and I told basically everyone that I was going to start selling. I was going to start minting six skulls a day. And they, I mean, so I was minting six skulls and they were selling in a few seconds. Then I was minting six skulls and they were selling in a few minutes and I was minting six, but it was, it was draining the process for me, um, creatively, to be honest with you and to be honest with everyone, um, because it started to feel like work again. And I feel like if we're doing what we love and we're doing it correctly, it really shouldn't feel like work. That's just my own personal thing. Um, so I pulled back away from that and I said, um, so I was dropping at 12 PM, um, every single day, Eastern time. Um, so you were, you were being consistent about when you were doing your jobs. I, I was in the beginning. I was, um, on que purpose. Question for you also, just as a quick yeah. side note. Now, do you make these skulls digitally or do you make them in real life and then take pictures of them? It, what, what's the process of actually making the skulls? It depends. Everyone is different. Um, I do some of them. I paint them, um, some of them are, are, are like graffiti style. I've done a few and then I'll take a photo of them. Um, I use the iPad a lot. I love procreate. So I use digital sometimes a lot of what you see is layering. So I'll maybe start as a painting, maybe I'll cut it out and then I'll take a photo of it and then I'll add layers to it. So it kind of has that layered textured, like almost 3d like feel. Um, it's, it's usually a mix. Um, that, that's super sometimes interesting. It's all digital. I like the fact that it's actually sometimes not digital, right? Like you're playing in a digital space with sometimes digital and sometimes not digital. I think that's really interesting. So yeah, we're back. not really limited to that. And I think a lot of people are running towards digital, but I mean, the physical world is still there. I think my friend in the audience, Stephanie, just to give her a quick shout out, like she uses painting really well and just turns it into NFTs. And I think she's really good at that. So just quick plug. <laughs> Plugs are allowed. The, um, so you're now doing six a day, you're pushing them out, you're getting a little burnt out, um, and, you're, and you're selling them all pretty consistency, uh, consistently. What is – so then what, – what, and you're doing it at the same time every day. Like what did you do at that point to switch it up? Like what did you what, – what was your thought process there? 
So I'm quite impulsive at times. And I basically made an Instagram post and I was, this does not feel and we're going to pull away <laughs> from six goals a day. And, and, um, it, we were, you have to kind of go back in time two and a half months. And some people weren't even making NFTs two and a half months ago, but we were also going through a weird thing culturally, culturally in the NFT space in that we were getting very, very saturated by new artists at that time. A lot of the rooms, if you remember, were just like, how do I sell NFT art? How do I sell NFT art? So it was a lot of people um, just constantly trying to sell new things. And it was just a lot of commotion. So I felt it was the right time at that point to definitely let the organic kind of override. Um, and I'm glad I actually did that. So yeah, I pulled back and I maybe went to three or four skulls a day. Um, and, and if I felt it, if not, I did three skulls if I, or two skulls or five skulls, but it became whatever I wanted to do. And it was no longer on a schedule. It was throughout the day. And so you just kind of posted when you wanted to post and you, you, you dropped when you wanted to drop and people found it or they did. Did you announce the drops? And if so, where? I did not announce the drops. Um, so I don't announce things much. Um, I like the whole finders kind of thing. Um, so that was one of the reasons I actually liked pulling away from the timing um, drops. Because so if, if you're trying to strictly monetize, this is the biggest gem I'm going to drop tonight if you're trying to monetize. If you're strictly trying to monetize, time drops work really well. Like people like to know where you're going to be at what time and and, and all of that, but it becomes very, I don't know. It, it wasn't the right thing for me. So I actually preferred. Very example, confining, I assume. Huh? Very confining. I assume I, I like, you have to yeah. be there at a certain time. Like you have to like, it's like a schedule. You have to show up to work at nine to five. Like it has that kind of vibe. It's very, it, it can become forced, I think. And then by, by kind of allowing yourself to post whenever. So when I got to the point where I was like, Oh, okay. I'm going to post whenever then, okay, maybe the skulls were selling in, in 30 minutes, in 45 minutes, and they weren't selling in 30 seconds. And that was okay. I mean, it didn't change anything really. So once I took that pressure off myself and kind of gave myself a little bit of grace, like it made the whole process, I think, better for everyone involved. Now, at any point here, did you see or um, when did the resale start and when did you like, cause you decided you're going to make a, like kind of just a, like a bigger series. Right. So, and the idea of kind of like uh, an overarching collection, at what point did you see kind of a secondary market appear and, and has a secondary market appeared? Um, and how are you fostering that? Yeah, pretty quickly. Uh, we saw uh, secondary market sales. Uh, I don't know how early on. Um, I honestly can't believe we're already at three We're already almost 300. Um, I, I would say almost immediately, I would say by, by week, by week two, we definitely had a secondary sale, um, of some sort. Um, and do you have week, like a, go ahead. Sorry. No, no. And by, by week, like three or four, it was getting like really hype. Um, and we actually, so the skull owner, number one, Mundor, um, he's actually been offered one ETH on his skull. So he bought the first skull. He was one of the early believers. I don't know if he bought it as a sec. He may have picked it up as a secondary early on, um, but he's been offered one ETH several times and just hasn't sold. 
what um, if, what did you yeah. what do you sell them for just so the audience knows and understands? I sell like, every skull at point two ETH. Every skull is point two ETH. Is there like a bonding curve? Do they go up at a certain point, or it's just everything's point two? Everything is point two. Okay, fantastic. And so, and on the secondary market, do you have like a Discord or a place where the community can gather, or is it just Twitter? Like, what are the 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 um, utilities you use to to keep this community kind of together and alive? I do not have anything. Um, so <laughs> this is this is the area where I have fallen short, and I think I've gotten very lucky by my creativity purely. Um, I have not built the back channels literally at all. Um, I don't even have an artist website. Um, so, and, and, and there's some of the thought process behind this. This kind of, again, goes into the whole um, independent artist, anarchist kind of um, rebellious nature. I've, I was, and I've never actually shared this, but this is one of my first interviews. So it's a good time to share it. Like I was obsessed with the movie 300, um, the movie 300 for whatever reason. I mean, the whole kind of brotherhood and family that just came together. And I know it's a silly movie, right? Like, trust me, I hear myself and how, how ridiculous I sound, but I, I, I love that movie. Yeah, there was something about that movie where I was just moved, like, wow, like, people can believe in something so much and, like, come together, like, eat against all odds, right? Um, so a part of me always kind of had this 300 number in my brain. Um, I believe, and this is, this is me predicting the future, but I believe in the very, very long term of things, in the Eddie Gangland career kind of scheme of things, the first 300 skull owners will, 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 will be cherished in the sense that I think these first 300 skulls will mean something. Um, so I didn't want to, I wanted it to be that sort of, okay, you have found me on your own. You have, you have, you have invested in me because you wanted to, I haven't really done anything to, to, to get you here. You're here because you want to be. So I have a lot of secret things, I guess, planned in the background that are that are hopefully coming for like these 300 people uh, or the 300. I mean, some people have like 12 skulls. So um, some people have a lot of skulls. But for the first 300 skulls, I think it's going to be significant in my longer story. Um, so I wanted to pause at 300, um, explore other things. And then, I mean, whether it's a, a month from now, six months from now, a year from now, whenever it is, I will continue with 301. But that first 300, I want it to be different. Like, I want it to be known that that was before we basically had anything. Like, that was the 300 that were picked up when literally we were nothing. Um, and I think it'll make more sense a year or two from now. But that's that's my reasoning. I love I love the long term kind of big scalable vision, like thinking like, oh, a year or two from now, like I know myself so often I'm like worried about like, what could I make today and tomorrow and what will sell the idea of thinking like what's good, where a series is going to be two or three years from now is um, uh, uh, anyhow, I respect that a lot. So that, that, that's super cool. Um, have you you do everything via what open sea or do you have you done or have you done any of like the bigger sites like a foundation or a nifty drop or is it literally just you and you and open sea right now it's just me and open sea so i've actually turned down 17 foundation invites i am proud of that and uh and yeah just me and open sea 
fantastic. The and have you and I guess you just want to keep doing it this way. Like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, I we we are. Uh, my understanding is the NFT space is is for independent creators or or like creative like groups, and it's just like I don't. I want to give away as little as possible in the in the grand scheme of things. So I don't want to give away fifteen percent if I can only give away two point five percent. I I think numbers kind of speak for themselves, and I am very happy giving away two point five percent. Um, so I guess my next question for you is what is so obviously you're on clubhouse a lot but what are the like what are your avenues and what have been the best avenues in terms of driving traffic and driving um and driving sales to be perfectly honest uh i don't have a good answer for that one uh just posting consistently i think um you need to be posting what your work the work that you're producing consistently to your social media and that's basically it aside from just being on clubhouse and kind of shooting the shit but you're on clubhouse a good amount i see you on there on there quite a bit about like are you spending you know half hour a day three hours a day like what what, what kind of action are you spending on there great question um in the first hundred skulls i was probably spending eight hours a day um or more oh a lot um, okay so oh, that, oh, a ton, that, a ton. That, that so that was a full-time job Correct. Correct. Uh, yeah, you've got to you. If, if anybody thinks you just kind of start selling NFTs, like it doesn't really happen that way. Like you, you've got to you've got to voice who you are, what your art is, what you're trying to do. And I mean, if you're yeah, absolutely. I was putting in maybe eight to 10 hour days um, on Clubhouse for those first two or three weeks minimum. OK, that's good to know. And you use uh, obviously Instagram and what else? Twitter. Um, yep. And any other platforms that you kind of push stuff out on or are those kind of, is that kind of the main action? I mean, I can jump right into the metaverse, which is the exciting, or is that the last topic we're going to talk about or should I already? It, it's not, it, it's, it might be the last, it might not, but that was the, that is the eventual goal because I've seen um, everything that's kind of happened. Um, and I've seen that you've basically opened up shop in the metaverse, uh, multiple shops, it seems like. And I am relatively, like, I understand pixel voxels. I understand, um, um, uh, 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 what's a, what's a monoland or what's the other, the, the, the other big one that's out there. And sandbox. That's it. Thank you. Um, yes, but, uh, I've actually like conceptually understand it, but I would love to understand how you got there, what the economics look like and what the interactions are. So if you could kind of give me like a, a 10,000 foot view and then kind of drill down to like actually how it works. Yes. Um, okay. Uh, so, and, and, and basically the reason I was going there is because it really is just clubhouse, Instagram and Twitter for me. But now it has largely become the metaverse, obviously. Um, so, and for those who don't know what it is, can you just explain in theory what the metaverse is and how one communicates, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, I can do one better. So, anybody listening to us on their smartphone, so probably everybody, um, right now you can type into your phone designercomplex.com. That's probably our most. Uh, the, the build I'm, I'm most proud of for us. Um, and when I say us, I'm talking about me and Stephanie in the audience, but I'll elaborate on that. Um, and 
if you drop into designercomplex.com, you'll basically be in the metaverse. It's just basically a link that'll drop you right into one of our plots. And it's a four-story building that's going to be filled by designers and people showcasing their work. And, and, and when you say plots, so the, the metaverse is in essence a virtual world universe, something along those lines. And the one you're in is what? At Pixel Vox, Pixel Voxels? Yeah, so I mean crypto voxels. Um, crypto voxels. Sorry, it's, no, you as you can it. tell, I'm trust super me, well. Yeah. I'm super well versed, as you can tell. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, trust me, I get it. Um, so we're in crypto voxels, and the reason we're in crypto voxels, just because this will be another huge gem if anybody's taking notes, is um, crypto voxels is the only metaverse currently where you can access it from a smartphone, um, and that's all I give a shit about. Um, I am not very interested in only speaking to the people who can afford a top-of-the-line gaming computer. Um, it is very important that we stay tapped in with everybody who has a smartphone, which at this point is basically everybody. And at this moment, CryptoVoxels is the only one that you can access from a smartphone. And when you say you got a plot, did you physically buy a plot of digital land? I did. So um, now, can I... I, it just takes some time. So now do you want me to kind of elaborate on what the steps were through the metaverse? 1000%. <laughs> okay. So, um, so because this is kind of where Stephanie um, comes into play and somewhere down below. Um, uh, so I built, so I had to figure out a way to fund my first plot. So yes, plots in the metaverse cost actual money, us dollars, Ethereum. It, it's how, Ethereum, how, it's, how, it's, how much actual money, just as a point of reference. It, it changes week to week. So that, great question. Um, so I had to figure out how to fund my first. When, when the ones I was, this was about two weeks ago. Um, at that point in time, they were selling between 0.8 and like 1.2-ish ETH, um, which is about $2,000. So I, I funded my first plot by creating a collection where I sold five pieces for 0.2 ETH each. And the utility that I kind of provided was anybody who purchased these five pieces, they would be on permanent display on one of the dedicated walls of that first plot in the metaverse. So forever, um, as long as I have that plot, which should be forever, um, they will have those, those art pieces uh, showcased on my plot in a big, huge mural wall with OpenSea links. So basically, as my brand builds, they will have direct traffic to those pieces for sale, which I don't care about anymore because the money's not going to me, it's going to them. Um, but those five pieces sold in one day. So I funded the first plot in one were day. Were they skulls or were they different? a different series completely? Yeah, they weren't skulls. Totally different series. Um, so those series, that series sold, those five pieces sold in a day. Um, the next day, I bought the plot and I started building. Um, did a drop party on here on Clubhouse where we oh, kind of just, hold up. I'm going to back you up one sec. When you yep. say you started building, like, do you have like a work crew and like guys come to your foundation? No. What like what is that? What does start building mean in the metaverse? Yeah, yeah. Um, great question. Sorry. Um, it's it's if if anybody has ever played Sims or Minecraft, it's very similar to either of those games um, in the sense that you're basically dropping blocks, uh, dropping furniture. You're, you're, you're dropping in pieces. It's not like coding. It's not what people imagine what like developers do. It's literally like you're playing Sims, but it costs a lot of money to, to play. 
Do you have to now? Do you have to buy all those pieces, or can you just fabricate them in the in the metaverse, or do you have to actually physically go buy the cool stuff you want to get? Another fantastic question. So there are zero costs to building, to destroying, and to building again within your actual plot. Meaning you can have a gallery space one day, the next day it could be it could just be a full pool where people are having a pool party in your plot. Um, the next day it could be a four story. Uh, car dealership. It, there's no costs to building or or creating things in between that time. So it, your only cost is buying the plot. So the so the, the the metaverse provides those tools for you to go do all those things that you want to do. Correct. Now, when people come, like, so I've kind of poked around in crypto voxels a little bit, um, but I haven't gotten super deep. Now, can you like? converse and meet with other people or is it kind of just you in this gigantic world um do you have to advertise so people can find what block you're on like how, how does the the how, how much like real life is it how much is it like a video game right now i would say it is like the very 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 early stages of an instagram in the sense that you're getting organic traffic from the people who are using the application but most of your friends haven't heard about what the hell Instagram is yet. Um, so it's up to you if you're a, a if you want to be kind of ahead of the curve on this to assist in driving traffic. So one of the easy ways to do this, for example, is to have these dedicated domain names. So um, Stephanie and I are trying to basically create a dedicated name for each of the plots. So it's not, oh, we have these plots in the metaverse. It's okay, we have malmeta.com we have a galeria elegante.com we have these different dot coms which are basically 3d environments that people can interact with purchase from advertising everything now do you oh god every time you say one thing i have like seven more questions if, so, if you give me i mean we could talk about this all night is the problem because i'm literally obsessed and at some point i have to explain great. who stephanie is to me because she, yeah, please. Big go right ahead. Story. So, yeah, go right ahead. Explain um, away. After it'll first, just answer more questions for me. Oh, for sure. I mean, it will. Um, it might also send everyone running to OpenSea to buy plots, but that's a different story. Um, so Stephanie found me, kind of like an angel finds something. <laughs> no, I'm not going to be true. So Stephanie found me, and, and basically, upon my entry into the metaverse, upon that first plot, she bought several nfts from me and then she reached out via dm and we connected and we had a call and we quickly realized not only are we kind of uh, similar spirits in the sense that what we want to accomplish and 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 really and do and push in this space but um we we just had similar thought processes so not only is her instagram follow her twitter follow her um but she's also much more connected with the contemporary world than I may be. So I've purposely always steered clear of galleries and partnerships and, and corporate deals and all of that. Whereas um, Stephanie is, has an incredible Rolodex and she writes for Rolling Stone magazine and she's an incredible writer and she's an incredible partner. So Stephanie and I quickly partnered up literally after about one call. So you can, you can, I mean, basically, uh, partner at first sight, basically, basically, uh, for lack of a better term. Um, and we decided to jump into the metaverse. So I had one plot, 
when I met Stephanie. And about a week later, we are building seven plots together. So um, she came like a godsend and um, provided us basically the resources to uh, purchase a large portion of this uh, metaverse island. And we are we are effort we are constantly just building on these plots and and coming with these new ideas and how we can get more artists in the space and so how, that, I guess that yeah, that was so I, much uh, yeah I, I uh, trust me man I'm 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 writing I'm I'm literally scribbling yes. down notes here yeah. so are all your plots um like because I'm envisioning this like a I'm envisioning it like a neighborhood or a series of neighborhoods right. are they all near each other or are they kind of spread out amongst different worlds. Um, or cause I assume like travel is clearly not the, the binding expense because it's digital. You can just fly from place to place. What is like, how are you going about in terms of, of deciding what plots to get and what's next to each other? And then the bigger question I have is you have kind of these, these brands, if you will, um, what are the, what, what are the, like, what's the, the, the thought process behind the different brands and, what's going in each one is it all your work is it other people's work like how are you thinking about this and then we're going to talk economics okay yeah so many questions um uh i already let's start let's start with let's start with location like how do you decide where the plots are going next to each other and how like are you buying hundreds of them or are you just going to stop at 10 like what's the what's the the kind of the your your land grab strategy let's start there and then we'll back into everything else Great question. So land grab strategy was buy what we need and then we're done. So um, the problem was after I bought my first plot, I was causing a lot of free advertising for crypto voxels because I was catching on to things that just other people haven't caught on to. Um, a lot we haven't even talked about yet, um, but there's a lot of sort of gatekeeping happening. Um, but long story short, um, uh, the strategy is... Um, as this metaverse is being built out, what they're basically doing, and, and like you said, you, you're able to teleport in an instant. So location isn't as, um, unless you're looking for targeted traffic, um, and that's going to come later on, location isn't the biggest deal right now. And what I mean by that is the way that they are selling this metaverse land is that they're doing it basically by like a land-to-land um process in the sense that the first location was called origin city so they basically created this land uh parsed it out and then sold these plots of origin city now origin city has sold out and in my opinion a lot of that is being held by like developers and early crypto adopters adopters um very early people who basically bought in and purchased these plots when all you were really getting was a gray piece of land that you really couldn't do anything with um, now fast forward to now, um, they are currently selling plots on vibes Island. First of all, I love the freaking name vibes Island. I think that's so much cooler than Oregon <laughs> city, but that's an entirely different story. That's awesome. Um, I think what I'm anticipating happening is basically the metaverse becoming a 3d internet in the sense that you can basically, and, and I'm going to circle back to the, the last point, but this will make a lot more sense that you can basically throw up shop and, 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 and leech off traffic um, and then send people to targeted links any which way you may choose. So what, what we're doing in our, our thought process was 
Currently, they're selling plots on Vibes Island. We don't know exactly how many plots they're going to cut up the island into, but we know how large the island is. What I'm anticipating is as this kind of metaverse gets more and more adapted and more and more used, um, you're going to have these sorts of hotspots and art districts and things popping up. So I have a friend like creating the financial district in a portion of Origin City. What, what Stephanie and I are kind of secretly doing or less secretly now is we're trying to create the art district, the designer district, the fashion district at Vibes. So by purchasing seven plots, we've now at least guaranteed the fact that we can build out seven brands that can not only push Stephanie and Mai's personal brand, but can push um, other artists we want to showcase, other brands, other corporations, other businesses, other everything, um, basically before everyone else jumps in and, and purchases up the rest of the island. So there's very little of the island left, because I know you're going to ask. Um, there's very little of the island left. Um, and then they will probably, my, my assumption is, they'll probably start on another piece of land. For sure. So you're, in essence, going to become, a, in essence, a digital curator of sorts. For You've picked a variety of kind of different digital business entities, art, fashion, etc. And you're going to try to create kind of a curated experience, headlining amongst your brands, and then build, I'd assume, some sort of integrated community amongst all of those things. That that's probably our plan. I don't I don't think we have a, a exact plan in place. I think a lot okay. of it is we want to also be we want to prevent really really powerful incredible artists from being unable to join this space. And we always want to have parts of our plots dedicated for free to like artists who are emerging and, and entering this space. Just because otherwise, dude, we're gonna have the same shit that's happening in, in contemporary art space right now, which is four or five artists sell to all of the rich people and then everybody else gets left behind. And I don't believe in that. Stephanie doesn't believe in that. And now we have seven plots forever that we can, can showcase I, wherever we want to showcase. Can I, and have, I guess my next question is, are, are you actually converting? Are people purchasing? Like, do people go into these spaces, actually click on it, get brought to OpenSea, and actually convert on a sale? Like, is, is it actually like mechanically working? Or and is that the mechanical process? I'm just guessing. Um, and what what is that? What do those conversions look like? I would say at this moment the conversions are largely on you. Um, I would say I converted 1.2 ETH on my first day with the plot, but that wasn't just because I own the plot. That was because I utilized the plot in the sense that. Once I had the plot built, I came to Clubhouse and I was like, all right, everybody check out the plot. I had it done up nice. I had my art showed, showing. I was able to interact. To answer a question you asked a long time ago, um, I was able to interact live with these individuals. I mean, they're standing in front of my art. I'm standing in front of my art. We're having a conversation. So, uh, okay, hold on. I have a quick question there. Yeah. So Your, you your head in- might explode tonight because the thing is there's yeah, so, much, there's so much coming, dude. So, and by the way, we haven't even, I haven't even talked about like actually putting on like a, like, uh, an Oculus headset or something really crazy. Yes. Already um, there. My, my, so when you say you're speaking with them, are you speaking with them via the Crypsal Voxel platform or are you speaking to them on clubhouse and they happen to be milling around your, 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 um, your gallery 
in crypto voxels and you're talking on a different platform or is it in platform like how to explain kind of how that works and so, like okay and then i have a question after that yeah man it gets crazy um to answer your question honestly at this moment at this specific party i had the clubhouse room going so just so that everybody can participate even the people who weren't dropping into the link i was communicating via clubhouse but to answer your real question you're able to communicate not only by chat like not only by text by typing in the game but you can actually turn on voice chat and yes you can interact with people within the metaverse just organically traversing so basically as i'm wrapping my head around this your head hasn't exploded yet man yeah, we're, we're so in essence, we're almost creating like a. I mean, the, the more I'm thinking, like I'm literally like the, the gears in my head are going. But so basically, it's in essence no different than like your local art gallery, except your local is literally entire world. Like, there's no in essence no barrier. There's no geographic barrier to entry. I don't have to live in Miami or New York or L.A. or somewhere like the cool things will, the people will be able to come to it without actually having to come to it. Yes. And even crazier. I mean, I have a lot of my audience is international, so I may be like unable to chat with them. Um, what's happening, what's happening now. And I'm not sure this is going to, again, we're early. So I'm not saying everybody who opens a gallery, this is going to happen. But so for example, this morning I got a DM that someone met someone else at our gallery. So Stephanie, I forgot to tell you this, but, um, they were ba- they dropped into the link in my bio two different artists and they actually met and were chatting in our gallery. So uh, t- uh, yes, the full circle you're, you're creating these spaces where you can not only highlight and direct traffic towards whatever link you want to literally the only terms of service here are less than pornography, which you should not be streaming. Um, in a virtual world where children can interact with, um, you can you can plug in whatever you want. Meaning, I can. I mean, I don't. I don't want to. Maddie Mo has a lot more money um, than me, but um, I don't want. Um, for now. If I, well, so Maddie, for example, can. Have yeah, I, I, I mean, <laughs> that's an assumption you're making. Uh, <laughs> assumption, fair, fair assumption. You, you have some really cool friends, um, but. Um, and everybody who's listening, that that's Maddie Mo who's uh, joined in and, and jumped up here to as part of the interview as well. Um, so just to, for those who are listening, yeah, I thought that would be cool. Um, but no, so for example, Maddie Mo can have a room. Basically, what I'm saying is Maddie Mo can have a room in the metaverse where in one room he's selling NFTs, in another room he's selling just the most famous artist merch, in another room he has links directing people to purchase his actual physical pieces. What I'm saying is the only people in there right now happen to be us NFT nerds. But once the businesses and the galleries and the uh, smoke shops and the adult goods shops and everybody realizes that you can link to whatever you want and sell whatever you want, I mean, the space is going to change fast. Yeah. These are going to be so. In essence, these are going to be the, the idea of the website will at some point quickly evolve Bingo. into a digital, three D immersive storefront, so that you'll be able to shop for whatever clothes or whatever things you're going to shop. Your your avatar and talk try to a the shirt people on. that are shopping alongside of you in the. It's, dude, that's crazy. 
Do you, do you know what that is that, that I can be shopping at, for example, a fashion boutique and Maddie Mo just happens to drop in because he also shops for that fashion. I mean, whatever it may, um, it's just, and I can have a conversation with Maddie Mo while I'm picking, like, dude, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. It's going it, to, it has the potential to, it, it's, it's really like, I'm, you know, the, the idea of the ready player, one world of these kind of like fully immersive, almost magical because you're going to have in essence somewhat of superpowers in the, in these digital worlds, right. That, that it'll still have some of the remnants of kind of retail or galleries or concert halls or whatever it is, but then amplified by the fact that there's not the, the, the rules and laws of physics, gravity, anything else that you want that you can kind of disintermediate all those things. So it's, it's super interesting. So it's literally only limited by our creativity. And what I mean by that is anybody who is already paying for like a storefront to have a gallery, imagine if tomorrow they can put a little sign on the door that says, hey, we close at 8 p.m. But from 8.01 to 6 a.m., which is when we open, you can check our gallery, which is literally the identical gallery that you're going to see inside with the identical pieces of art because you could change them in an instant with the identical merch. They can traverse your gallery anytime. Someone who's there late, someone who's there from another country, someone who, dude, it's, that's, that's mad. Yeah, it, it for sure opens quite a bit up. The idea also, and now that like I hadn't even considered it, but the idea of, like and actually this is just a different question i have the, the the idea of almost you some in real life objects but that are sold in kind of this digital environment and vice versa like the idea that that you could get not only an nft but a real piece of art or not only you know whether it be like music you listen to outside of the, what different things that kind of tra traverse that that that's really that's really interesting and compelling so that's a really great point and just a really smart plug right here so for example one of the projects that we have is stephanie is the founder and owner of citizen tea which is um i mean she can describe it so much better than me but aat basically focused on um using uh uh it's a sustainable brand basically utilizing the teas that have people believe have been discarded and 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 saving that and providing basically artists a canvas, a one-of-one -one canvas to showcase basically their, their art pieces. The, the brand is called Citizen Tea. I, I, I butchered it in my description just now, but long story short, giving artists a way to save the world by, by way of showcasing their art on, on teas that have basically been rescued. Um, and, and we're working with some amazing brands right now, but long story short, um, imagine it. You can be walking through my gallery, our gallery seeing Stephanie and my work and then in the back room you have a citizen tea stand where people can select the tea they want to purchase they'll be directed to the link they can purchase the physical tea which will be shipped to their home it's going to be nothing nothing different than than you walking into a shopping mall and the first few uh rooms happen to be like fine art galleries and the back room is is a really high-end fashion tea shop um it's 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 the future internet it's so weird because I couldn't figure out for the life of me because I heard like the big like Gucci and all these big brands are going to the metaverse. I'm like, I just don't get like I, I didn't get it. And now I'm starting Makes to a get lot it, of right? sense. like, yeah, like now I'm starting to see those kind of interactions and those connections that, that were kind of 
that you you just framed it in a different way that I I clearly wasn't looking at it. So like so you're basically going all in into this virtual world. Yes. Fantastic. The and now here's a question for you. Do you actually still make real world like in because obviously you said some of the work, some of the skulls you make are actually in real world? Like, do you actually sell those in the real world or do you intend to sell like physical actual physical objects? Or is that like it, just in your personal practice? That's more of a question. Yeah, no, and I appreciate it. Um I, I do, so I would say I, I am well, I was a one man team. Now, now I have amazing partners, Stephanie and, and summer works with Stephanie. Um, um, summer's amazing as well. Um, but, um, I, I guess I've been trying to focus and I think Maddie Mo will probably, this will resonate because I feel like he does similar things. I've been trying to focus my energy on where I can really maximize. And I think my energy focused on building out these plots before I think the crazy wave crashes that I, I anticipate um, having the plots now, we can permanently basically showcase and, and, and promote and, and build whatever brands we want to build. Um, when we, when we started this, this meet, this, uh, podcast, it was actually kind of funny because I said that I bought the sewing machine and it's been sitting in a box for two weeks. But for example, with the sewing, I machine, wanted to get back to the sewing machine. So yeah. And it's and good. It's go. a nice segue. Um, it's perfect because with the sewing machine, basically my whole thought process is, I can now create physical goods as well, where I can, for example, showcase my skulls and things of that nature. It's, it's a secret project that I've had actually planned with, uh, with my mom for a long time. But um, basically, I want to learn how to sew. And now we have these plots in the metaverse where we can, we can showcase whatever we want. So right next to my NFT, you can see, for example, a, a bag. Um, that I, that I sold one of one that you can purchase, or you can, uh, basically, I think you and I are, are on the same wa- same wavelength at this point. It, you can drive traffic to whatever you want. So, I mean, it's really limitless. Yeah. And this goes to kind of this, this goes to, you know, the, I think of art, not only as just a creative practice, but we like the, the point of this podcast is, is art as a business, right? Like we're the CEOs of our own practice. We're the CEOs where, you know, marketing and sales and, and, um, social and all these interesting things. And this just kind of quantifies, like brings that to the nth degree. Like it, it, you're literally running not only the creative art process, but the, the physical environment that it's sold in, how the connections work, how the ship like all like literally everything so the idea of creating these kind of maybe digitally native businesses first that then transcribe and kind of bump back into the real world is is fascinating um and yeah. i like i can i'm my my you've actually got my mind racing a little bit and and thinking about you know, I feel like I keep coming up one step behind. I feel like I'm a little behind on the NFT, and now I feel like this this is kind of shooting ahead, and I'm, I'm a little behind here as well. I would say we are all tremendously still early, um, but yeah, dude. I mean, a day in this in this new environment seems to be a month in uh, in what it was before. Yeah, what you've done in the past four months or three months has been has, has been nuts. What kind of time are you spending on? physically creating the art versus creating the, the, the business of art and creating this physical or digitally physical metaverse world. Like what, how, how do you split your time these days? 
so I was fortunate and I was able to sell quite a bit of NFTs um, before we got to where we are now. So I've been able to kind of pivot largely and focus on building our building our spaces out, um, meaning I don't need to like focus every moment on on how do I monetize um, just because like my, my family is fed basically is what I'm saying. Um, so what I'm it's able to feeling. do now, oh, sorry. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Huge fucking feeling. Um, but what I'm able to do now is basically see like where, where are we going to actually be? Where are, okay. A month in the future, because I don't need to worry about today, a month in the future, how can my brand and Stephanie's brand be in a better place than it is today? Um, we have the plots. Um, and, 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 and lots of the time I'll, I'll ask myself that question and it's not, I need to go and draw a new design. It may be, Oh, let me go in and finish this build or let me go in and add more pieces that, that are being showed that are on this empty wall because now we have wall space. Like now basically every square inch in the metaverse can be turned into a link, meaning um, a 3d object. So you can, we have beer bottles in one of our, in one of our galleries at Lola gallery, um, Oh, Gallery Lola. So if you go to gallerylola.com, if you're bored, you'll see some beer bottles. And those beer bottles, um, if I haven't done it already, I think I did, are links. So if you click the beer bottle, it takes us, it takes you somewhere. I think it takes you to her and my Instagram at this moment. But just to basically give you a, a perspective that you can you can be as creative as you want because every square inch can be a programmable link. Right. Everything's actionable. Everything is a exactly. everything. Everything can theoretically be a call to action, right? And you had mentioned something before about targeted traffic, and I didn't follow up on it, but it was on my notes, so I wanted to ask what that was. Yeah. So, and this isn't really here yet, but I think it will be here in a month, um, maybe two months. Is um, I'm starting to notice people buying plots nearby, like what nearby what like other similar builds are so for example in origin city a lot of that actually ended up being like companies like uh like uh early companies in the crypto space purchased space in origin city and like showcased their their tech company um and it makes sense because that's kind of the culture um whereas in vibes when stephanie and i started building galleries uh basically all all of my artist friends, all of, of St- Stephanie's uh, and Summer's fashion and designer friends are now interested in getting plots and vibes because that's going to become that sort of that sort of vibe, that sort of community, that sort of art district. So, um, right. So we're getting neighborhoods and districts like in yeah. like just like it's, it's, like it's literally world. the it's real exactly world. Exactly the yeah. real world. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's so interesting. Um, uh, by the way, Eddie, this has been a fascinating, fascinating conversation. Um, we're coming up on the end of the hour. Um, I usually like to do, unlike a, a regular clubhouse room or whatever, I, this has a pretty hard stop. Um, so I'll ask quickly. Um, I don't know, Maddie, if you had any other questions or anything, because I know you're still here, or if there was anything else you wanted to kind of like finish with or talk about or tell us about that I haven't asked that I should have asked um, that I should be thinking of um, if I want to do this type of stuff. That was awesome. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Eddie. That was so good. I learned a ton. Eddie, I think your passion for the metaverse is remarkable, and you're going to be one of the leaders to watch. And I look forward to uh, 
to seeing us all succeed in the metaverse. Dude, those are huge words Life. from you. I appreciate it. Likewise, 100%, man. I'm, I'm super excited about this. This is as if I wasn't busy enough. This is one more thing I got to learn and figure out. So if I could give a little bit of assistance. So metaverse crypto voxels plots are only sold through OpenSea. There actually are some listings right now. They're all currently sold through their developer, B. Nolan. This is not financial advice. I'm not getting anything from this. But in case anybody is interested in getting plots, your only option is OpenSea currently. And the person's name is B. Nolan. That's the trusted source. So hopefully that helps someone. That was fantastic. Um, once again, Eddie, uh, thank you so much. That was like the greatest primer for the metaverse that I could have possibly hoped for. Um, I'm going to start going to Crypto Voxels and poking around a lot more uh, and hopefully see you in the metaverse. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. I really appreciate this. Yep. And uh, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we're actually going to uh, turn this into like true podcast form and actually syndicate it out. Um, and so when that happens, I will let you know. Uh, thank you, everybody, for showing up. I appreciate it. And we will see you next week. Um, this is the business we've chosen.